Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Morning, Mateo. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Good. I I feel refreshed. It was a it was a it was a needed weekend. Um, you know, just normal length weekend. But I I feel refreshed. Not every weekend I I come back feeling refreshed, but I, I do. So I, I'm excited. That <laughs> was um, not my weekend, but that, that's great to hear. I'm glad that you you look refreshed. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, season three. This is episode fourteen. Season three, episode fourteen. Super excited. We have an amazing guest. Um, that I'm I'm super excited to dive into her story and and like and what she's bringing and what what the company is bringing to the guest X. And we talk a lot about UI and UX and guest experience a lot on the on the show. Um, and the importance of it. So we're super, without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce Madison Rifkin, CEO and founder of Mount. Thanks so much for joining us, Maddie. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Super cool. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is, you know, relatively, I, I'd say I didn't really hear about Mount um, until last year. Um, and I think it was obviously relatively new, obviously, and we'll talk about that. But and I met you in person in Chicago. You had come over and you're you're chatting with us at the at the hopper booth and we we're ch- chatting a little bit. But I mean, how tell us about how, you know, we're gonna talk about Mount, but how do you get into this space? And like like I, I'm looking through some of your old LinkedIn, I'm looking at some of your some of your stuff here and some of your your social posts. You have a really cool story, and I, I I want I don't know if everyone knows about your story, so let let's chat about that a little bit. Yeah, I think great place to start. You are correct. Mount is kind of stuffy. We uh, did not start in the short term rental space. The original name for the company was actually Mount Locks uh, because we were a bike lock company. That's how we started, and really that takes me back all the way to when I was twelve years old. That's where the whole bike lock came from. I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and so that's just. Kind of how everything started. I got a patent for it when I was 15. And then that led me on this crazy entrepreneurship journey and knew, like I went to college at Northeastern University, was told not to go there because everyone that does go there becomes CEOs. And I was like, perfect. That's what I want to become. Right. <laughs> so everything aligns. <laughs> um, and basically during my time at Northeastern, I started Mount Locks officially and took the patent I had, the idea I had when I was 12. And a few other students, and we basically set up a supply chain in China. We're producing bike locks. And then right around probably my sophomore year, scooters started popping up in Santa Monica, like Bird and Lime. And people were like, what is this? Like, what is a bird? Uh, I can just go hop on a scooter. And I was like, that's fascinating. And it was nowhere on the East Coast. I literally had to fly to California to see what they were talking about. And what I did was I flew with our lock. And I was like, I feel like the scooters are going to need locks. If they're leaving them on the streets... You know, it just makes sense. Yeah, there's no scooter lock ever uh, on the market. And so that took me down like a year and a half long journey where we were working with the scooter companies, consulting on locking infrastructure, working with the governments, and just all the chaos that came with scooters, <laughs> which was launching hundreds of cities, hundreds of thousands of scooters, and basically watching a startup from five people become a unicorn in like less than a year or just over. Um, so it's fascinating. And that's 
the background of myself and Mount, how we ended up in the short-term rental industry is kind of serendipitous. Well, let's let's pause for a second before yeah. we get into your serendipitous uh, vacation rental story. Like, twelve years old, right. twelve years old, you come up with a patent. Like, like you, like let's let's call it what it is. You're not a normal child at twelve coming up with like like, and I and I'm using qu- air quotes like normal because like there's so many like you're that's amazing. Like I like I want all children to be like you know have an entrepreneurial spirit. So like that's not a bad thing, but that's not what when you think of most twelve year olds. Like I have a twelve year old daughter and she's an amazing artist and she does this kind of things and she's really creative, but she's not creating patents. You know like. I mean, what the hell? I love it. Like, let's pause on that. And let's talk about that a little bit more. Like, 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 what was your family like life? Like, obviously it was, it was nurturing. I'm assuming my assumption, it was nurturing. It was, it was fulfilling. It was allowing you to go down these paths, but like, how, like, how does this happen? I, I, I honestly attribute it to a very unique combination of things. So first of all, I triplet and I'm the oldest triplet. There's three daughters. Um, so bragging rights, right? <laughs> Um, I like to say I grew up on like a mini team. So I was essentially born a leader because there were three of us and they were looking to me as what to do. So that was also super helpful in just starting a company. I was ready for it. Also, I think within my family, I had gone to a elementary middle school that had these innovation programs. So it was called the Gates Innovation Program. They basically were like, Go innovate to your heart's desire. The teachers will help you build it if you need a power tool or such, because I think I was like 10 or 12 years old. And then at the end of it, they did a Shark Tank style of competition. And so they basically just threw you in. I think I presented when I was 12 in front of the 100 people. The lock idea, I did a whole business pitch, uh, which is probably why I'm pretty good at pitching now, because <laughs> uh, I started so young. And then I think the other just really random thing that uh, not a lot of people know is my family's background is in entrepreneurship. My both grandpas started businesses, some very successful. And so I just grew up hearing these stories about 1950s. My grandpa started a company and how he was able to do it was because he had a Reuben sandwich. He was sitting in an office in New York and brought it to the guy who ran the company. And that's how things started off. A uh, Reuben. A Reuben. That's how it started. So, <laughs> so little uh, side note, I, I'm a Reuben connoisseur. Yeah. And, um, and I, I truly, if I see a Reuben on a menu that I haven't tasted, like it's, I, I have to get it. And I, I have a very specific, like, you know, amount of, you know, thousand, I like, I, I know exactly what I want to do, you know, but okay. Sorry. I digress. <laughs> I love me a Reuben. Honestly, I did he, and it's, it's what started it all. So <laughs> you're for it. Mateo, you learn something new every day. <laughs> Since you learn them on Tuesday morning. Um, and, and I it's uh, oh I, I can't I'm gonna take that somewhere at a different place in time. We'll 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 get on that. I love me a Ruben. So Vincent, clearly grown up in like a hustling environment, right? It's in your DNA. So first so first question is out of the triplets, did did you get all the did you get the did you get all the entrepreneurial genes? Second question on top of that is how did that affect like how you grew up? Cause I know like my friends that were like hustlers and doing all kinds of businesses growing up, like they were just different. They moved differently. Like they thought differently. Like, you know, they, it, it wasn't just, it, it was who they were in the things that they did. And it was just, it was natural because it was, you know, some people can learn it. Some people it's just in them. How was that journey, you know, starting so young, right? Like, 
Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, I never looked at it being different just because I it was everything I knew and I didn't know any different. And I guess I was semi-different. When you look at the triplets together, like me and my two sisters, they were very studious. I was not. <laughs> they would be on honor roll. I was never close yeah. to being on honor roll. I was focused on building and they were like, let's get good grades. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so I guess in that sense, a little different. But um, I had some other just crazy experiences happen to me too while in high school and such like that. And I think all of these you know, unique experiences combined create a hell of an entrepreneur. And that's pretty much what the investors should be looking for is like those crazy people. I mean, you look at it, you got Bill Gates, you got Mark Zuckerberg. I'm going to throw in Elizabeth Holmes, even though she did crazy shit. Um, but all these people grew <laughs> up in these, you know, entrepreneurial environments and you couldn't have recreated it if you had wanted. So can you, are you, it, are, on this podcast, can you allude, you said you had some crazy stuff happens that experiences, other experiences happen in high school. Um, can you allude to any of these? Yes, I can. So uh, the first one was, so in middle school, me and my sisters were in a band called Triple Threat and I was the drummer. And so that led me to then playing the drums in high school, like in a, in a band, we were an R&B band. We played covers of like Michael Jackson and stuff like that. First nice. experience was our band director for that band. He played at the Grammys. He grew up in Nashville or like somewhere in the music world. He took us on a world tour throughout Europe. So I was playing the drums in a band in front of two to 3,000 people, which is not something a normal high school student does. So <laughs> that would be and, the And first. this is an R&B cover band doing things like like Michael Jackson, like... like Yeah, Stevie Wonder, Aretha awesome. Franklin, Otis Redding. Like we threw it all the way back. Al Green. Oh yeah, it was good. <laughs> I want, I'm a, I want receipts. There's got to be a video somewhere. I want to see it. We'll, oh, we'll that, talk about that later, but that's yeah. Awesome. I'm going to Google the shit out of triple threat and then hope the right things pops up because you never know when Google. You never know. <laughs> I can look, be looking at some weird shit. So that I think taught me some weird things about leadership that were super helpful because when you're the drummer, if you mess up, everyone knows. You can really, you know, if you sing the wrong lyrics, people are going to be like, oh, that's not weird, but they might not notice. But if, if you mess up on the drums, the whole thing is going down. So a lot of pressure early age. Um, and then the second weirdest thing, which I just can't even replicate, it was crazy. I was uh, just turned 16 and I drove to school that day. It was kind of snowing because it was Colorado. And this kid cut, tried to whip in to the spot next to me. He whipped into me and I was hit by a car. Uh, oh, so had my whole right leg side of my body shattered, you know, in the hospital for a few weeks in a wheelchair for a few months and had to relearn how to walk and stuff. So that was the second crazy thing. Damn. Wow, I'm glad we dove into this a little yeah. bit. Holy shit. That's it. I, I mean, that's a journey in and of itself, like rehab journeys, especially physically. Um, not even to mention at that age, um, at that level is, is I, what do you think? What, what do you think, you know, you're talking about the, you know, obviously all these things shape you like, you know, what does like a rehab at 16 of like just total, like, you know, accident, obviously the kid felt terrible, you know, no, no man does that shit on purpose, but like, how does that, what did that do to, to like towards your drive or whatever? Like, what was that thing you think that, that clicked? I think the biggest thing that clicked is I was semi shy before that happened. And I was like, then I realized I was like, for what? There's no point. Like you get one life, you might as well live it to the fullest. And I became a pretty positive person after that, just because, you know, the worst had happened. I was like, it can't get much worse than being in a hospital bed for a few weeks. So after that, you know, became a very positive person. I just became very outgoing as well. And I was like, let's just balls to the walls. Let's go. Like, I don't care what happens, but 
I'm going to make the most of it. And from there, I think when you go through rehab, I had to set goals for myself where it's like, all right. And they were, they were small ones. One was like, put enough weight on your right foot so you could climb up the stairs, like that type of stuff. Right. And then, you know, let go of the crutches, let go of the wheelchair, all that stuff as well. So I think goal setting, actually, I learned during that time. And I took that into this next entrepreneurship journey where I'm like, by the time I hit 25, I want to be a millionaire. By the time I hit 27 or 28, I want to be able to sell mount, exit it, have it go public, something crazy where it's like, I'm onto the next phase of my life. So stuff like that has kept me really driven as well. And I think I learned it because I was hit by a car. Crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. So by the time you hit, what, 25, you said? Mm-hmm. You're close. Are you? I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're close. If you're not there already. I, I actually Talk turned age. 25 today. <laughs> what? Yeah. Did you make your goal? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Congratulations ha- and happy birthday. Thank you. Um, when everyone hears this in a week and a half, you'll be a week and a half into your 25th, you know, trip around the sun, but um, or 26 because you would have been 25. Yeah, you know where we're at. I digress again. So how we're back to current times or, or a couple of years ago, you've, you've, you've now, you know, you, you were a, a lock company. You now you're looking and you're just coming into the vacation rental and, or, you know, the experiences, you know, let, let's talk about where, where Mount is today. Yeah. So where Mount is today, we've made eight or nine pivots at this point. We went from the scooter industry to the, the Airbnb short-term rental industry and just really discovered a massive problem within the industry. And it's really that there isn't a great way to offer your guest an elevated experience when it comes to amenity rentals and just extras at the property. It's really hard to operate like a hotel. A hotel can have electric bikes, they have a pool, they have a game room, like all this really fun stuff. You can't really do that at a short-term rental property as of now, especially if you wanna upsell it, you know, insure it. Like there's a lot of barriers Um, And we realized that because what we tried to do was we brought 30 scooters to the industry, uh, put them at properties and tried to rent them out. And it was a really massive disconnect because there was no software that allowed that to be possible. Nothing that connected it to the PMS, really just a lot of things missing. So that's what we figured out and started to build was we built a software platform right now or like, you know, in the future, it can take anything you own or buy and turn it into a rentable amenity for your guests. So the best example is like a bike, uh, a golf cart, kayaks, paddle boards. Some people take it really far. They turned a podcast studio into a rentable amenity uh, for the nomadic travelers. They did uh, firewood bundles, beach bundles, beach equipment bundles, like that type of stuff, and just really started to elevate the experience. I love the idea. I like. I have questions around it because, like, I still want to learn. And and like, some things like scare me. From like, if I was in your shoes, I'd be nervous about like offering things like that. You know, to because if say say a prop a a homeowner or a host or a property manager wants to go ahead and use Mount, and they have you know this, we'll we'll, we'll talk from for just a host for you know they have some bikes that they want to go ahead and make rentable. You know what happens as far as Someone goes on that bike, they didn't wear a helmet, uh, they get hurt. Who's who's liable? Like, how, how does this work? And I know, obviously, you've thought all this through. You know, there's there's liability insurance and all the different things that, that you that you are covering. But how does that work to, to ease the minds of, say, property manager, anyone that want to go ahead and, and, and use your company and use your services? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was kind of the biggest barrier as to why people don't really do this themselves. 
is the liability insurance, just that headache and, you know, nightmare of like what happens when someone gets hurt. So we essentially took a note from what Airbnb did back in the day when it was really risky to list your own property for rent. You're like, what happens if it gets damaged? We went out and created a custom policy uh, for our software platform because it is pretty much an Airbnb type platform, but for everything else. So our insurance policy basically covers you as a mount host for whatever you're listing that really carries liability. So electric bikes, for example, if you list it on our platform, you become additionally insured so that when your guest rents your bike, takes it off property, and if they happen to hurt themselves, that general liability injury is covered. What we're working towards now is more damage policies because that's honestly a bigger one if you want to list like a $20,000 golf cart or a boat or something like that. Haven't cracked that piece yet. That's what we're attempting in the next few months. But yeah, that's where it started. That's super smart. I mean, because again, from from a, a consumer and or putting myself in the in the shoes of a, a property manager, those are the things that, that I'm nervous about thinking about this. I'm like, oh shit, you know, I got this, I got this thing, or I, I'm going to go ahead and rent a kayak and someone's going to, you know, get really hurt. And again, I don't want to be the gloom and doom guy because that's not, but th- that's these are the type of things I'm thinking of. And then you have, you know, you have other people that are, that are in our space that are, that are only talking gloom and doom. And, and, you know, which is negatively affects the overall, I think, you know, vision of what we're trying to build here as an industry. And I love the fact that that you and your team have, have thought these things through and you're coming up with a solution. So, I mean, I mean, with that said, you know, I, I can see and like sky's the limit with, with this. Is it though? Cause like for me, I, I love the idea, but like, are you going, what if someone is like, hey, I got this trap shooting set up right here. And that, that's where my mind is going is like, all right, guys got a great cabin out in, you know, I'm in Oregon right now. So let's say Oregon and he's got like a trap shooting thing that he's putting out there. Like, are there limits like to who and what? And also in terms of like that risk mitigation, are you partnering with people or are you guys building that into the model? So where you're also building that as a part of the business, if that makes sense. No, that does. And and I mean, honestly, that is something we've had to think about because as you can imagine, people get really creative and it is very dependent on your property and where it is located based on what you want to list. Mm -hmm. The way we manage it right now, and actually people will be able to start seeing this August or October 1st, we're revamping the entire website and you can basically go online and click list an amenity and it'll walk you through a five-step process. Where Mm -hmm. the stop gap is, is we have amenity buckets, basically electric bikes, scooters. You click where your amenity falls into, what category. We also have an other category. So if you happen to be really creative, the other category is for you. Those ones are not going to be going live right now because we're not built for those yet. But if we get enough requests in the other category, we'll start to open up category by category so that then you can list skeet shooting or whatever you just called it. Right. Yeah, because we want to make sure liability-wise we're covered, the, the host is covered if they do list it. And then we actually might be taking a note from from Hopper as well, since we already took a note from Airbnb. But with the insurance- I love this. I, I love where you're going, wherever you're going with it. I love it. Awesome. With the insurance aspect, we, we built it into the platform. So right now, if you work with Mount, you get it. Where I want to take it is if you do happen to be renting, let's call it a $50,000 yacht, and you're renting it for two or three days, you as the guest could opt in for, for further damage protection. You'd be paying extra for it. Uh, but then if anything were to happen, you'd be covered. Stuff like that, um, where Mount doesn't have to take on the cost. 
but we can actually upsell it as a product on our platform. I dig it. Smart. Fintech. Yeah. Jumping in with the fintech. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That's uh so I think you mentioned to me, and I don't know if we're if you know you're you're talking about there's some mentorship. I don't know if we could talk about that on the podcast that you're you're receiving. And feel free to if you can. If not, we can talk about it another time. Um, but th that's I love that by the way. And you know, so you know, if you can talk about that, let's talk about that. But then I also want to talk about your upkick upcoming uh heard it here first uh thing happening in, in new york uh really soon absolutely let's let's touch on both yeah what john is alluding to is basically mounts superpower i guess i would call it mine as well as the ability to linkedin stalk people until they come and work for me uh, so i uh had the ability to do that with uh luca who actually works at hopper i met him at a conference he at first very much scared me because he was so serious about the business of Mount and just grilling me on questions. And then I realized that was what we needed. We needed someone who was going to be grilling us, thinking about growth in the future, and really his expertise coming from the short-term rental space, from Hopper, from the Plum Guide, from all of the places he's worked. Hotels uh, so, tonight. Yeah. So so those yeah. that are, are, are unaware, uh, Luca is the director, Luca Parducci is the director of supply here at Hopper Homes. He, and our newest advisor at Mount. So he will be joining us uh, advising in an advising capacity to really help us take Mount to the next level and get to that that Series A in 18 to 24 months. Uh, so yeah, awesome. excited to have him on the line or I guess on the team. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's, uh, it's been super positive in, in just in my personal growth um in professional development um so i'm i'm excited to to hear that he's coming on as, in an advisory role with with mount that's exciting congratulations when oh, i did forget to mention too he's coming on as an investor as well so advisory and investor there you go there, there you go, go. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about okay so we we talked to what i alluded to let's talk about this this thing coming up here in new york and, and what what is this all about heard it here first on on the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast. Yeah, heard it here first. So if you've been paying attention on LinkedIn at all, you might have recently heard about Mount because we're coming out of the woodworks. We're kind of being like, hey, we're here to stay. And our first event we ever threw happened a week and a half, two weeks ago in Portugal at the Vacation Rental Worldwide Summit. We tricked out one of our amenities. It was a, a big yacht and basically invited some of the industry's best on there for a six-hour cruise down the Duro River. We had a private chef. The whole thing was catered and it I was heard just about phenomenal that. time. I, so, I, I, I did. I heard well. about that. I did. LinkedIn is working. My super. On a six hours. So yes, LinkedIn was working, but also that back channel buzz was working too. Because yes. I, I had some <laughs> pictures. Because we, I, John knows I was supposed to be there, and so I was getting some oh, back pictures <laughs> and other things. I was like, oh, okay, all right, this is pretty cool. No, I, I love it. Yeah, it was our, our first ever event. So it was super fun to throw. I think, you know, we're starting to disrupt the conference scene. We're calling this the uh, amenity experience sponsorship level, as opposed to just normally getting a booth and being boring. Um, so we're pushing the boundaries there. But what we've decided to do with our next event, because we are doing one, is essentially a hello to the world of, hey, this is Mount, come experience what we have to offer. So we're tricking out one of our Airbnb properties here in the city of New York. Uh, it's a penthouse, has a massive private roof uh, outdoors. And what we're going to do is bring in a lot of Mount amenities. We're bringing in actually other founders as well, female founders from the prop tech space, because there's a big prop tech conference going on in New York. Nice. Uh, and we're basically just going to have this kind of industry gathering, a uh, fringe event for the CRE tech uh, and New York Tech Week conferences happening as well. 
uh, and a place to experience Mount, meet other amazing female founders, other PropTech founders, other investors, all while you're experiencing Mount as it was supposed to be an experience. Love it. I mean, I, I, you know, I absolutely love that. I think that is the ingenuity there. Like it's exactly the things, you know, John and I talk about all the time, like keeping things fresh, keeping things new, keeping things, you know, keeping people on their toes and doing something different and what better way to showcase who and what you are by doing and bringing people into who and what you are uh, live. And, and I see that, I see that multi-voter vertical reach too. I see where you're, I see where you're going with it. Like, I, I think it's brilliant. Hands down. That's all. Awesome. Thank you. Are we going to see you at the Book Direct show? Yes. Yeah, so Mount is doing another event actually at the Book Direct. We are partnering with Touch Stay and yep. we are doing a uh, tricked out boat experience. So nice. Uh, That's why I, yeah. I knew you were. I, I, I was just, I was, <laughs> a nice I was baiting you a little bit. Um, and those that are listening, so by the when when this goes live in a week and a half from us recording today, this will be will just be a couple of weeks from the book direct show or a week and a half for the book direct show, and there'll be a huge announcement too for something that Mateo and I and Neely and and Maddie's a part of it. Um, so it'll be a big announcement um, at the book direct show for what we're doing as well. Um, we're super excited about it. There there's so many amazing partners and and people involved with this uh so super excited about that i mean i mean what what else do we have i mean where's next for for you yeah we, we talked earlier about the sky's the limit and then mateo said but really is the sky's the limit and then you answered you had a great answer for this but like we all know the, the disconnect with with guest experience and and you're taking it to a different level there there's other companies that are 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 bringing are doing some great things as well in our space that are bringing like you know outside guest experiences and making them available but you're what you're doing is you're making amenities guest experience amenities available for for ease of access through software um just the use of their phone and be able to go ahead and purchase as an add-on like where do you see like five years from now like what do you see mount doing that it's not doing today so it's a great question i mean the the vision for mount really comes back to Brian's original vision for Airbnb. And it was really to have all of these local experiences and authentic uh, ways of communication when you travel. And so they're not able to do all of that anymore because now they're a public company, they're way too big and they really need to make money. They're, he just announced, I don't know if you guys saw, but they are putting a lot more effort mm -hmm. back into Airbnb experiences. It's great because Mount really complements that. Um, we're kind of the the middleman between the the property and the experience in that we have the the vehicles and the amenities and then let's bring in someone to facilitate that authentic experience. And that's really what Mount wants to do moving forward. So fast forward five years from now, pretty much every traveler out there, you're going to just see them with a backpack. That's about it. The airlines are probably going to be disrupted and mad at us. But what it means is that if you come with just a backpack, you now get to figure out how to rent everything in destination from the golf clubs you might want from the you know fancy ball gown you might need for a wedding all that type of stuff and you get to rent it from the locals so now instead of feeling like a traveler who's sticking out you're wearing americanized clothes in europe and you just look like a fool you actually get the chance to really become that local for a week rent learn from them take them to dinner you know get all of the experiences you possibly can and that'll all be facilitated through mount love it i i love it but is I, I love the vision, but 
let's let's talk about you know so as a as a family family guy father for traveling you know like i i see i see this like adding up getting exponentially more and more expensive the more and more things i have to like where i could just like screw it i'll pack like some some really like some insane like suitcases to go ahead and take care of because i'll bring it with me and i'm okay with sticking out like a sore thumb because you know i'm just a i'm just a dad looking like a dad but how like so how do we keep that affordable you know like i I love the vision you know but how do we keep that in you know to to everyone can utilize it absolutely i mean i think it's kind of what airbnb does right now you have the luxury end of your your scope where it's like a 10 bedroom house in greece it's a great villa you know that type of stuff 20 grand a night but then you have like the the one bedroom inside a four bed where it's a hostel and it's like 60 bucks a night so i think because people that list on mount get to choose their pricing they can list nicer stuff they can list you know more economical stuff i think that'll take care of this economic gap where it's like if you don't want to spend a lot of money you can even rent it for the hour you don't even have to rent it your entire stay if you do need something your entire stay go ahead and do that and i think that's where it comes into play but what mount wants to do i don't really it would be hard to make this for every single traveler out there because it they all have different needs. For example, right. you're a family of four. Your needs are a lot different than the Gen Z traveler who maybe yesterday decided to go to Greece. Then they get to Greece and in five days decide they want to extend their trip and they're just going to go backpack to Norway. You know, that's kind of the difference. I think right now Mount is catered to the Gen Z traveler where it's more last minute. It's nomadic. You're traveling. You're forgetting things. You don't want to go with everything. You don't know your life is chaotic. That's where right. we fit in right now. <laughs> I've down I've, the line, we'll have to go. And ahead. I get, but I get it too. Cause the other thing is, like, look, John, you're not traveling Europe with big ass bags. And hell no. And again, I'm, I'm talking like, to fly somewhere. That's, that's outrageously expensive as it is. Like, I, I agree. I agree with you. I'm just, I'm, I'm being devil's advocate yeah. for but, sure. But, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to dig in a little bit and be devil's advocate. But it's advocate. also going to change culture and behavior because behavior and culture like are changing too. Dude, like I'm right. the guy that used to pack, like overpack and I still overpack. But now dude, I got a 72 hour backpack, like bag, and I'm learning to use that thing. And I'm going to continue to use that thing. And it is, it's going directly to the things that she's saying, because when I'm on the ground, personally, I like supporting local economies where I can and where it's feasible. But the other other part about it is the ease of travel, of knowing that you can have what you need when you get there and you don't have to bring it and you don't have to take it back. I have a question for this because and I'll be I'll be honest, I haven't used Mount, but I'm going to as a traveler. And would I know ahead of time that this property has Mount and be able to see the things that, because that's, that would obviously change some of my decision-making process. If it's something that I, I show up and then, oh shit, they got Mount. Awesome. What is this? That's a little bit different. But if it's, if, if it's promoted correctly at the beginning, if it's part of the, the, you know, the package, the, the campaign that the property managers or the hosts are pushing out, my assumption is the, yes, early on, you're going to be able to understand, Hey, these are all available. Check it out. Yeah, no, exactly correct assumption. So the ideal use case is the host has done what they're supposed to. And basically they've updated their listing and they have a, in their photo carousel, it says powered by Mount. Here are the amenities available at this property. Mm -hmm. But if you're a traveler that has used Mount before, the way it's really designed to be used is you open up our app and it populates with a map. And so you can drag the map anywhere and basically zoom in on your property and it'll populate little bubbles of all of the amenities that are in your area that you can rent because you don't just have to rent the amenities from your property. 
say there's an Airbnb, you know, two doors down, short-term rental, you can actually rent from them as well. So it's kind of connecting everything together. Now, are I love it. I love it, love it, love it. But are you working just with hosts? Or are you partnering with like property management companies that have say 50, 100, 200 like units? Like, are we working, are you working towards that direction as well to go ahead and get like a, an inventory grab as, as you know, as far as doors go? Yeah, for right now, we kind of have to just because we need a lot of supply on the platform. So in the, we have two programs. For the individual host, super simple because they typically already have this stuff. Uh, either in the owner's closet or whatever. So they just take what they already have and list it on the the site and kind of become their own mount host. For property managers, the thing we realized is they have no time in their day for anything else. They're already overworked. Their margins are already super thin that they want to use mount because it increases their margins because you don't technically, if you're the owner and manager of the amenities, you don't have to give that revenue to the owner. Um, You're just using their land essentially. If you have to get permission, right. But what we've done is we stood them up a co-host program, which is funny because they're inherently a co-host. But uh, what it does is it basically brings in a professional amenity fleet manager. So if you have 200 properties, say in Destin, Florida, and you want bikes, you can bring in that co-host who will come with the electric bikes, maybe 100 of them. They'll service all of your properties with the electric bikes. They'll make sure they're running. They'll do the maintenance. They'll go get them if they're lost. You as the property manager are very hands-off. You're just granting access to the guests and the property. And you're getting, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40% of the rental revenue from the bikes. So you're already, you've already built these relationships out. And so if like with, with bikes and, and, and everything you have access to, I'm, I'm assuming kayaks and all these type of things that, you know, depending on the destination, you already have relationships so you can just kind of plug and play. Exactly. Yeah. The Mount host model, the one where you're an individual owner is live globally. The co-host model is only in the U.S. right now, but hoping to, to get that global as well. I love it. I love these. I love these cool, these cool products and these cool, you know, this, this SaaS that comes in and, and does this stuff that you're like, damn, why did I think it? It's the same as, you know, like the other day when we were, we were talking about like the trash pickup, when we had, uh, we had Cam Monkey. I'm like, holy shit, wish I thought about that. Like, man, it's so dumb. And so it makes so much sense. And, and it, it, it takes some outside of the box thinking to go, we could just do this. And it's, you know, it's just a little bit of it, a little bit. I know I'm not downplaying how hard it is been as, a, as an entrepreneur to build what you build. Um, but really excited for you. Really excited for your showcase in New York. What What's the dates on the showcase in New York? Um, we are still finalizing dates. It'll be the week of October 10th, I want to say, because that's New York Tech Week. And it's also the week of CRE Tech, biggest prop tech conference. Right. So it'll be right around when this comes out, that event. You know, I'm excited to see all the photos and, and hear all the buzz around it. We're going to go ahead and see you at the Book Direct Show. You're part of this super awesome project that we are um, codenamed Storytime. Hey, first time anyone public has heard codenamed Storytime that uh, is going to go out and... Uh, what, you know, super excited for you, uh, Maddie. I'm super excited for Mount. And uh, obviously we'll see you at International as well. Anything, any last thing you'd like to go ahead and, and share with our, our listeners today? I don't think so. No, I mean, honestly, we covered pretty much my entire life. So <laughs> <laughs> from birth all the way to, I mean, to be fair, it's like, it's a, it's a shorter life than, you know, than, you know, Tao yeah. and I who are, are it's twice as old as you speak, speak for yourself uh, <laughs> but congratulations but we, didn't into, we didn't get into the coastal foodie part that's that's where i was gonna dig in but uh oh we could coastal food yeah. we can, 
we'll, we'll save that for next time. Save them things for next time. So, we're, we're, um, congratulations, happy birthday. Uh, for those that are listening, if you haven't gone ahead and and liked our the No BS Short Term Mental podcast on Apple or Spotify, please go ahead and do so. Leave a review; it helps us out tremendously. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again, Maddie. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. See you, in Miami. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.